Thanksgiving. It's the news. Go to me. Oh, good morning. It is the it is Thanksgiving Eve. The day before Thanksgiving, I guess. I think, right? This is Wednesday, right? Wednesday, November twenty second, twenty twenty two, nine oh five a.m. A lot later than I had planned. And I am not at the worldwide headquarters this morning. I am at my. In fact, I forgot my backup cup. I just, I just, I got down here just like I got, I got to do the show. I just got, got to do it now. I thought about doing it live. I think I want to do uh, next. Next month in December, I've been hashing this around in my head. I'm going to go back to – in the month of December is going to be uh, Live Fridays again. We're going to go back to Live Friday uh, only because every Friday I have off. And uh, except for the very first day, December 1st, I did not have off that day. Uh, so depending on what happens on December 1st, uh, there may or may not be a show, first of all. But it, it will not be live. So, But every other show will be live that, that month. So – for the rest of the month of December, I think maybe like there's five Fridays, there will be a live show every, every Friday morning. That's, that's the plan at this point. I'll let you know if that changes. I'll probably let you know on Friday morning. Uh, changes. The, the, um, oh, I have chai here with uh, Cinnabon Kramer. I don't have my, and my backup cup is upstairs because I just, I just came down here in a flurry. Not a not a McFlurry, not a not a Dairy Queen flurry. Just uh, a flurry of activity. I just have a whole lot going on. It, a little bit upset about something. I this morning. I, it's just one of those things where when you make a purchase of something and they tell you one thing and then things change. It's that it, they decide that the they're they're changing things after they have their money. That always kind of – I don't know what it is about that. I'm a really reasonable, patient guy. But there are times when, you know, people make promises. They say, well, we're going to do it this way. So we're going to, this is how we're going to do it. Okay, we, we agree on that. We shake on it. We take the – you know, the, the money exchanges hands. Cash, money. Good, good cold, hard cash. And then they call and say, well, this – one thing has changed. You know, the time is still the same, but, you know, delivery is going to be the same, but it's just going to be somebody else delivering it. And I get a call from that person who's delivering it. Well, now the time has changed. Not sooner. Later. Well, I got all this stuff to do. Well, I don't care. I don't care. I, don't give me your excuses. Don't give me the reasons for all this stuff. You agreed to move it on a certain, at a certain time. There wasn't any catastrophe. This is your life getting in the way. Your plans got in the way of your promises. You didn't have a flat tire. You didn't have a breakdown. You didn't have a, 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 a family emergency. Nobody died. Nobody went to the hospital. This was your plans, your decisions. And for some reason, that kind of irks me. Because you've got my money. And I've got nothing. And now you're eating into my time. Now, if you want to give me half my money back for what I paid for delivery, okay. That, that kind of alleviates some of the pain. But don't go changing the agreement after the fact. 
because it's more convenient for you. I'm not the kind of person who buys something and then takes it back. Oh, well, this is, the switch is broken. Well, it's a used item, buddy. Buyer beware. That's what I tell myself before I even say anything. I've never taken back something that I bought. I'll call a person and ask him, but, you know, well, hey, what does this switch do? What's it supposed to do? Or what you did, you did was it like, you didn't know anything about the history of this switch? It was installed after the fact. This aftermarket thing. If they don't know anything about it, that's fine. I'll, I'll figure it out. But it's, of course, nowadays you just go to Google and find out stuff faster than you can asking the person who owned it. <clears throat> Besides the point. Okay, but anyway, anyway, I'm a little grumpy about that this morning. Just got, a, got the phone call about 20 minutes ago. The things have changed for the day. <clears throat> yeah. I don't need your excuses. All right, I'll settle down. Time to settle down. Let it go. Back off. <sighs> That's a good try. So I had um, a... <clears throat> this morning, I was just kind of reminded about some of the things that we've been going through the last few years. This, this really escalated during, during Trump's presidency because of just all the, the licensed, the, the, uh, the free ticket basically, to just call everything racist because Donald Trump's a racist. Every, every time Bernie Sanders would talk, the, one of the first things out of his mouth would be Donald Trump's racist. Donald Trump's racist. It's very well known among the Democrats, the, the white, old, old white men in charge. There, over there. The, the guys, the, 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 the grand poopas over there. The guys with the, you know, the white sheets over the heads. They, they, they're the guys who, um, they know that it triggers African-American, black people, people of color in this country. They know it triggers them whenever you, you mention that oh, that person's racist. Oh, well, oh, it does something inside of them. It, it gives it, it immediately. It's like a trigger word for them. Here, snap to attention. It's like a, it's like a control thing because they've been conditioned to that word, whether they realize it or not. And it's taken years. By the way, and the reason I'm saying this is because Trump's approval rating among black men has gone up twenty two percent. Twenty-two percent. That is huge. That is a losing bid for anybody who tries to run on a Democrat ticket right now. If that's the case, if they've lost that much, they've lost. They've lost completely. It's going to be a landslide. If that is really the case, now that's there's several polls out that that. Are, Rasmussen, some very good polls. I mean, some very uh, solid, some of them, some of the polls, even some of the polls that had Trump behind by 10 to 12 points on, like, on, right before the election are saying that Trump is up 4 or 5% nationwide, especially among younger voters. Biden's disapproval rating right now is huge. 
it is ridiculous. It's like 70% disapproval rating on voters below 30, 30 years old. Now, the, the one consolation they have there is that those, those, people, those kids usually don't vote. It's a very low percentage of kids under 30 that vote. Most of the ones who do are Republicans. The, uh, the older generation uh, pushing you know, upwards 50 to 70 – I happen to fall in that range. For now, I'm about ready to pass through it, but I'm passing through it pretty fast. The, um, the 50 to 70-year-olds actually have, have more of a tendency to be the ones who vote. They realize the consequences. But how, however, that is also the range of folks who are majority of the country is, is Republican. And they're losing Democrats in that demographic as well very quickly. because of the, just the radical nut, nut cases that are out there. Now, having said all of that, the one thing that um, I think is important to understand in this um, whole thing is the, the rhetoric that we get from the woke left leftists. Not all of them are on the left. You know, I, th- I think that for the most part, people are kind of willing to go along to get along and kind of, okay, yeah, well, this is okay. The, the education and the rhetoric that we're hearing now has been a one-sided slanted change of history. And we realize when we realize that they're trying to change history, not just throw history in our face. They're trying to actually change it. That the narrative is repeated over and over and over and over and over and over. To the point where you start to believe it. And it just becomes, okay, this is just a part of, this is just the way our, yeah, this is, this is the, the right thing to do. And when you realize where it's all based on, what it, what it all comes from, it, it is actually based on this idea this ideology that the white man is evil and that everything that ever was, that ever came from the white man is. Needs to be abolished and, detru- and torn down and destroyed. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this whole Thanksgiving thing because this is kind of a – it is a macro view of the whole, whole, the whole thing, the whole thing what I'm talking about here. What we're hearing from the left is that Thanksgiving is a time where that's, that's been uh, – portrayed as this time when the Indians and the settlers came together and they, they, they had this huge harvest bounty and they all got together and had a cornucopia of food and dined with the – you know, this really did happen, by the way. There was a, actually, actually an event where there was actually a big dining thing, a big, a big feast – and Indians and pilgrims both – Pilgrims did not, did not come here with the intention of 
colonization and uh, what do you want to call it? They, they didn't think of it that that way. They just they came here. They lived together. They were trying to develop. They had a colony. No 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 doubt about that. Their their intention was not to come here and commit genocide and, and to steal somebody's land. That wasn't that was never their intention. They they were trying to get away from. They were refugees. In the purest sense of the word, they were under persecution. If they would have stayed, my relatives who came here about eight generations ago probably would have been killed had they stayed in Switzerland. They would have been killed by the Catholic Church. I don't hold a grudge against the Catholic Church. I don't believe in their theology. In fact, I have a little bit of a problem with some of the theology of the Anabaptists. I, I like a lot of it. I also don't think they go far enough with some things. And I think that they've thrown a few things out with the bathwater. But that's a whole other ball of wax I'm not going to get into right now. The one thing that I think is interesting here is that they, they, nobody talks about why the pilgrims first came here. Now, there were other people who came after that, and of course then it became this, this you know, uh, people didn't always, not everybody who came here after that came here because of the whole persecution thing. Now keep in mind, the pilgrims were not, uh, the, the whole Christopher Columbus thing was not this – is, this is two different things here. They knew that America existed before the pilgrims came. Let's just put it that way. Christopher Columbus, this is just two different events. You really have to dig into the history of this whole thing and, and not just the story that you think you know. But the actual historical documents and everything else that was behind all this stuff. Now, let's talk about the world before the white, the the, the North American and, and South American culture before the white man arrived. Let's talk about the Native Americans that were here. They were not all one tribe. There were many, many, many tribes. And had they never seen the outside world, had the, had, had the Europeans never touched, set foot here in America, North America, they would still be living the way they were. And folks, I'm just here to tell you, it was not a paradise If you listen to the leftists, you'd have them you'd, – you'd believe that, oh, these were just little tribes who just hugged trees and lived on the land and they were indigenous. They sprang from the grass. And they just – you know, they, they learned about how to live one with nature. They were a peaceable people who just ran around hugging everybody. I beg to differ. 
Uh, slavery, by the way, did not just come to America with the white man. There was slavery here prior to the white man's arrival. There were tribes that would attack and kill other tribes. There were tribes that would attack and pillage and rape and enslave other tribes. Yeah, that happened. Indigenous people did that. Slavery existed in Africa prior to the white man going there and purchasing those slaves. Most of the slave trade was done between white men and Africans. African, I'll call them pimps, sold their own people into slavery. And we've seen the movies where the white man is running through the woods, capturing, just capturing these these black African folks in the woods. They run through the jungles and they capture them. They enslave them. Uh, folks, that, that's not necessarily the way it happened. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that there's any reports of that ever actually happening over there. Look into the slave trade for what it really was. It was one group enslaving another and then selling them off. This is the dirty, stinking truth that we never told. Because, you know, only the white man has ever enslaved anyone. Let's talk about the Barbary Coast for a moment. It's estimated there were at least a million white men enslaved by the Muslims on the Barbary Coast. There are story after story after story where people survived their enslavement. One of the reasons that they wanted to well, there's a reason why the, the Native Americans were called Indians. They thought that when they got here, that they had went around the world and found India. Because they were trying to establish trade with India, a route for trading with India, Instead of having to go around the horn down below Africa and back up on the other side because they were – it was too dangerous to go down the Barbary Coast because of the pirates there. And every time there was a shipwreck, they'd lose their people to slavery. Those slaves, if you read about the, the way they were treated – Oh, all they did was row boats and, and mine in the field, in the in the mine in the mines there. They worked in quarries and, and they rowed boats. Uh, all you have to do is read about some of the actual history about how that the the, the sla enslavements on the boats, the rowers. They were chained in a position. 
they were not allowed to, they didn't have, they didn't take breaks. They were chained into position and you were there until you died. They would just put more there. They would calculate how many slaves it would take for them to do a journey. Because they knew they were going to lose a certain number of them. Kind of like burning gas in your tank. How many gallons is it going to take to get there? Well, how many slaves is it going to take to get there? They'd chain you in and you wouldn't, you weren't unchained. If the ship went down, you didn't bother unchaining them. You defecated. Or you were chained. The smell and the stench, and of course, if you didn't row hard enough, you got lashed. They would feed you drool. If they fed you at all. It was brutal. It wasn't just, oh, just they went out on sailing trips. I'm not even going to talk about what happened in the mines, in the quarries. Let's just say when you entered the quarry, that was your tomb. You were done. It wouldn't even, your body would never even leave there. So don't talk about the white man being the evil slave trade guy. Yeah, there were plenty of them. There was a, a, an actor recently that was confronted with uh, his ancestors. They were, they were looking into his ancestry and they got found all these, in this documented, uh, documented history about his, his past. It was very interesting. And at, at the end, I can't remember who the guy was. It was on Mark Dice. It was actually, I think it was Mark Dice this morning. I think if you, if you check it out, it might have been, it might have been Liberal Hive Mind. It's, it's, it's a channel called Liberal, Liberal Hive Mind. To check it out. I don't agree with everything Mark Dice says. Uh, now, liberal hive mind, I do like. He's, he's one of those guys who's on a journey to, to, to find the facts and the truth. I don't think he's really a believer, he, but he's becoming more and more. Uh, he's warming up to this to the to the idea that you know there is maybe something to this religion thing. He has started to listen to country music and actually like real country music, like like the real country like stuff. Um, and you can tell it's affecting him. He, he's he's having more of an effect on. And, and seeing the ungodliness, I think the, the, the reflection, the, 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 the contrast between those who are aspiring to live a godly life and those who are not, just the differences there. I think it's, 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 he's, he's looking at things through a very clear lens right now. It's, it's, and I, I'm, I'm fascinated by people like that who are waking up, truly waking up, not, not the woke, but the, the waking up time of seeing the reality of things and the way things really are. When they, when they put down the, the rhetoric and the narrative and just start to ask questions, it's, it's so fascinating to me to, to, watch, to watch that happen. And, that, and that's what he's going through right now. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what the guy's name is. I just know that he's, he's definitely on the right track. Now, having said that, 
Oh, this guy. So this guy, this actor. And it's funny because they start laughing about it. And it's, and it's actually, it is funny. It's, it's, what's funny is that we're, we're the ones being duped all the time. And this guy who, you know, they, they talk to this guy, they ask him questions about his past and they find out more about him and they go back and they, I think they might even take genetic material from him and they go back and they look at all the history and they come up with this stuff and they say, yeah, you were, uh, your, your ancestors were slaves, uh, but your ancestors were not freed whenever all the other slaves were freed. And he's like, oh, and you can kind of tell he's like, oh, okay. It was, it was almost like a, a feather in his cap that he, you know, his ancestors were slaves. It was, it's one of those, it's one of those things that are, I'm sure it's very conflicting inside of you. It's like, you, you don't want to hear that, but at the same time, because of the culture that we're living in now, you are almost elevated and it gives you an excuse. It gives you a, you know, it gives you, you're down with for the struggle kind of, yeah, 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 my ancestors were, ooh. And what happens is this guy, uh, he proceeded on to let him know. Now, the guy telling this was also an African-American. He said, because your family, your ancestors, were enslaved by an Indian tribe. And they continued to have slaves, I think it was 12 years after Emancipation Proclamation. They were not set free. Because the government at that time, the federal government didn't have any jurisdiction over what the, Indian, what the Native Americans were doing. And they actually had, they owned slaves. And his family was a part of that. So, so your ancestors were slaves to the indigenous American Indians, Native Americans. And you could just see the confusion on his face. I don't know how to, con I, he didn't, didn't know how to consume that. He didn't, he didn't understand how to contemplate that. How to, where, where does he go with that? Well, good question. Where do you go with that? Because that's a little bit, uh, what? So now it's not the white man. So now are these Native Americans going, uh, are they going to need to pay reparations for that? Hmm. Rather, rather confusing in that situation, isn't it? Well, this idea that the Native Americans were just all a bunch of peace-loving, uh, peyote-smoking, uh, whatever. I just, I just, I don't, I don't know that. Um, and the reason we know that that, that this is, it's not utopia. That's, and this, this, what they would have you believe that this was some kind of paradise, utopian paradise that was here before the white man came and committed genocide. And that's why we can't celebrate Thanksgiving. Can't have Thanksgiving. Can't be thankful for what we have because that's a white man thing. And the first Thanksgiving was genocide. And it was the white man came here and spread diseases. And there, there were diseases that went both ways, by the way. All we hear about is, you know, what was it, smallpox, chickenpox, whatever it was that 
supposedly the, you know, the blankets that were given to the Native Americans that spread the diseases. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the intentions were from some of these people. I, I don't know. So, as we look to tomorrow, this day of family, getting together, being thankful, having a meal, celebrating the fact that we made it through another year, that we've maybe had some losses in the last year. Maybe we're about to experience some losses that we're aware of. Maybe you have a loved one that just may not make it through. There are people saying goodbye to loved ones this weekend. And there are those who are saying hello to new new babies and new children being born. How do we pull that together and be thankful? Well, it's it's about Grace. We just experience the grace of God in the midst of those moments. And we're able to be thankful. There's a difference between being thankful and just being happy and giddy. There's a difference between joy and being just giggly. That's not being, just being, laughter is not necessarily, I've seen some very depressed people laugh. That's not, that's not joy. That's, there's, a, there's a difference between just an inner sense of joy about life itself and just, you know, laughter. So as we approach this Thanksgiving, this is, I guess, the bulk of what I want to say today. Help us understand, I guess, that we have a choice. We choose to take a perspective. And I think that that's what we need to do is just take that moment to reflect, step back and say, I choose to be thankful and grateful for the things I take for granted every other day. Because there are plenty of things to be thankful for. You could take in every breath that you, that you take in every day and you could be thankful for that breath. You could be thankful for every heartbeat. I'm thankful for that I have a cup to put my chai in. I'm thankful for chai. I, 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 there's, I mean, not, you know, it's not the end of the world if I don't have chai, but it's, I'm thankful for it. That, that's a place to start. And then you can be thankful for the people in your life, the things that really matter. And maybe you're not so thankful for the, some of the people in your life, but maybe they're 
those people are making you better. Maybe they're not. But again, it's a choice that you make, how those people, it's, it's not what those people are doing, it's how they affect you, and that's a choice that you make. Life is complicated. I don't walk in your shoes. You don't walk in mine. I don't know the struggles and the things that you go through, but I just know that there are people who go through incredible struggle. Who don't blame anybody else, who don't live with unforgiveness. Well, then they might have reason to blame some other people, but they don't live with unforgiveness in their heart. And that's really what this boils down to. And I've said this before. I mention it quite often. And I... I found myself now actually asking the question to some people. Haven't asked very many because it doesn't come up that often. But I'm I'm resolved that when it does come up again, and I hear someone's in my presence, if when I'm involved in the conversation and it comes up, and there's this rhetoric about how the white man has done this or done that. I am simply going to ask that person if they can forgive the white man for what they've done. I'm not going to say they have to. I'm just going to ask them if they can. I'm not going to tell them what to do. I'm not going to tell them they have to do anything. But if they can't, I am going to let them know. If they say, no, I can't forgive the white man for that. Well, I want you to know that if you can't, you are never going to leave this bitterness. This bitterness is always going to be in you. And it will destroy you. It will not solve any problems. Holding that unforgiveness, that bitterness, that vengeance in your heart, will not solve a problem. And it will not make you a better person. Now, there's a difference between forgiveness, of course. There's a difference between forgiveness and then trusting someone else. Again, I'm not saying you have to trust the white man. That's not not what I'm saying at all. Somebody has done you wrong or done your family wrong. And, And this is another point that I... So your ancestors were treated poorly by a particular group of people. Well, why don't you go to those people who did that? Not just, not just, because this is the word that becomes more racist, racist than anything else. Well, a white man did this to my ancestors, therefore I hate all white men. That's racist. That's, a, that's racism in and of itself right there. That's, that's the epitome of a certain skin colored person did something to my family, not to, not to me personally. But, you know, it affected my life, I'm sure, because it, now I'm oppressed. Because it's systemic. Whatever. So this person did something to my family. And now I blame all the people who look like that. At an attempted robbery at gunpoint on me. All of them looked a certain way. I don't hold all those people responsible for that. A white 
32-year-old man pulled out in front of me one day and I had no place to go except for running right. I had to T-bone him. He stopped at the stop sign, didn't look my direction and just started pulling out in a pickup truck. I was doing 45 miles an hour. Couldn't stop. T-boned him. This happened in 1994. I was about 32 years old. Totaled my car. Messed up my face pretty bad. Had stitches in my nose, inside and out. I don't blame every 32-year-old man for that. Or 30, for whatever it was, 34 years old. I think he was 34. I was 32. I was 30. Yeah, I was 30. And at the time, I forgave him. He, he actually, he came to the hospital and he, I think he was at the hospital. He, he, his leg was hurting a little bit or something. He apologized. I said, oh, you know, stuff happens. And then they started putting the stitches in my nose. And I wish he would have come back because I, I was mad. I was about ready to punch the doctor in the face. I was like, you, you put one more stitch in my nose, I'm going to punch you in the face. I, I couldn't take it. Very painful. I still remember to this day like it was yesterday. I was holding onto the, the bar on the side of the, the bed and he, was, he kept – the Novocaine was worse. The, I was sticking my nose with Novocaine needle inside my nose, outside my nose. He hit me about 19 times, I think. And then he put a bunch, of, a bunch of stitches in there. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a good day. <clears throat> Not. So. I think it's just time for us to realize that, you know, we give each other mercy. We need to love mercy and walk humbly before our God. And have the grace to live that out. So we'll be merciful to each other. Maybe Thanksgiving should also be inclusive in, in a time as a, as a time of giving thanks, but also giving thanks for the, the power of forgiveness, the power of reconciliation. Because you see, Jesus didn't just die on a cross. Messiah didn't come just to die on a cross to reconcile us to him. He wanted us to reconcile to each other. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. So not only were we reconciled to him, we we're also reconciled to each other. We have the ability, once again, to live life together in forgiveness and mercy and grace. Wow. Sounds simple. It ain't easy. But let's try it. Let's walk in that. Or at least attempt to. Because I got to tell you, the phony religion of wokeism with the god of government, the temple of democracy, 
is uh, there's no grace there, folks. There's no forgiveness. It is a rough road to go down. So, as we go through this weekend, I don't know if there will be a show tomorrow morning. There may be a show tomorrow morning. That's why I'm doing this show today, because about Thanksgiving, because I don't know if I'll be able to do one tomorrow. Lots of stuff going on um, next couple of days. I've got to probably be tra- doing some traveling the next four days starting tomorrow, and I don't know uh, exactly where I'll be. I may be home, maybe not. Uh, who knows where I'm going to be. So, in the meantime, we're going to uh, wrap it up here, as they say. Next show, I'm going to tr- pro- probably talk a little bit about hip-hop culture and what is happening to America and what's happening with our country as far as the culture and the background of all this stuff that's going on. A lot of it has to do with hip-hop culture mixed with a whole bunch of other stuff. It's all kind of coming together in a perfect storm. Folks, have a great weekend. God bless. Thanks. Give Thanksgiving and, and just be thankful to each other, th- thankful for each other. God bless. Take it. Have a great weekend.